Welcome to Map Traps Legal Briefs, the podcast where we explore specific strategies and tactics used by brands to protect their pricing, distribution, and intellectual property rights. The information in this podcast is provided for general informational purposes only. It is not legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and Map Traps guest presenters. Listeners should seek legal advice from a lawyer licensed in the listener's state. Howdy, and welcome to MapTrap's Legal Briefs. Joining us today by phone, as usual, is Jeremy Richardson, a partner in the New York office of Freeborn and Peters. Jeremy's practice focuses on consumer product manufacturers. He leads Freeborn's consumer products industry team. Howdy, Jeremy. Hello, Ron. Nice to hear you again. Yep. You too. I can't wait to get into this one because it's an interesting topic. Gray market sales. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about. A lot of our clients talk about gray market. Uh, as a matter of fact, the term gray market, I think, has been overused and bastardized really to make it into its catch-all that describes almost any undesired sale. Like some brands think it's just unknown sellers or gray market sellers, and it has to do with them being unidentifiable. Uh, still others call counterfeit goods gray market goods. But I know that legally there's a specific uh, meaning for it. And so I'm hoping that you'll be able to give our, our listeners uh, a bit of a better understanding so that we don't misuse this term. Uh, gray market goods. Sure. Yes, I like this topic too. This should be fun. And I figured I would start with a personal story. So a couple of years ago, I was in the market for a digital SLR camera. And I went to one of my favorite camera stores here in New York City uh, to buy my digital SLR. And when I got to the cash register or you know the salesperson really to, uh, to talk about it and saw the price, which I, I knew was going to be expensive, uh, the salesperson said to me, well, you know, uh, great camera, happy that you're going to buy this. Um, but you know, I could save you a hundred bucks. And I said, how are you going to do that? And he said, well, we have the same product. It's really the identical item. Um, a couple minor differences is it doesn't come with the, uh, the U S warranty. Uh, and the reason is the product was not meant for sale in the U S but it's the same thing otherwise. And, and you'll save a hundred bucks. And I said, wow, uh, that's pretty cool, but it really is legitimate. It's it's not counterfeit goods. It's not you know stolen or anything like that. No, no, uh, it was just intended for sale in a different country. Uh, the manuals may be in a different language, uh, but otherwise the uh, the camera will function exactly the same. Uh, so this is where uh, where we get into what are gray market goods, and the answer from a legal perspective is gray market goods are legitimate goods uh, that were intended to be sold abroad, in our case, outside of the United States, but then are subsequently imported into the U.S. And they're generally sold in competition, you know, side by side, or or maybe not, but in competition uh, with the legitimate U.S. product um, and generally not with the permission uh, of the trademark owner. Um, so, you know, again, gray market goods, legitimate goods, real trademark, but not intended for sale in the U.S. 
that is really the the baseline definition. Um, and some people may say, so why is that a problem? And from a brand owner's perspective, it can be a problem because gray market goods can undercut the market for the genuine U.S. version. Uh, it can disrupt pricing. It can disrupt relationships in the territories where the goods are sold. Uh, and perhaps most importantly, it can really damage the goodwill uh, that consumers have uh, associated with the uh, U.S. trademark. Uh, so that can be very damaging to, uh, to a brand when, uh, when gray market goods are being sold here. Thank you for that. But uh, so what can we do as brand owners uh, to prevent the sale of uh, gray market? Well, this is where our friend, the trademark law comes back in to protect brand owners, uh, especially those that have federally registered trademarks. Uh, you can bring an action for trademark infringement uh, against uh, a seller of gray market goods. Uh, a trademark owner is entitled to injunctive relief. Uh, entitled to damages, potentially even destruction orders, uh, and sometimes, most importantly, uh, an award of attorney's fees so that the brand owner really uh, doesn't go deep, deep out of pocket uh, on uh, on enforcing its trademark rights. Okay, thanks for that definition. That clears that up for me uh, and probably for our listeners. But here's a question. So let's just say I am the manufacturer of that SLR camera you talked about. Um, what could I do? as the owner of that brand to prevent that it gets sold in the way that it was sold to you? Yes. Uh, so the first sale doctrine, again, uh, applies here. Uh, the first sale doctrine says mm -hmm. that uh, where there are material differences, the, uh, the trademark owner can bring a trademark infringement action. So if the gray market goods were not intended to be sold in the U.S. Uh, and there are material differences, such as um, a lack of a warranty, um, maybe the product is made differently. Uh, in many cases, gray market goods that were intended to be sold in a different country, maybe a developing country, uh, might be uh, manufactured uh, to be sold at a lower price uh, and therefore doesn't include all the same features. Uh, the uh, the trademark owner certainly can bring uh, an action for trademark infringement. Again, uh, material difference, those goods were not intended to be sold to U.S. consumers. But even though it's gray market. Uh, maybe I didn't know that when I bought it. And maybe they didn't explain it to me like they explained it to you. So I bought a half a dozen of them because they're a hundred bucks cheaper, or maybe even I bought 20 of them and I'm going to stick them up on my Amazon store because uh, I can make more money. Uh, I own it. I bought it. Does the first sale doctrine going to apply to this? Yeah. I wanted to give a few tips uh, for brand owners to uh, to prevent or at least limit gray market uh, goods being sold in the U.S., uh, a couple of things that brand owners can do is uh, have different packaging uh, for different markets. Uh, it could be using different colors. Certainly, uh, in many cases, you have to use different languages uh, in different countries. Uh, the labeling could be different. Uh, the uh, The warranties could be different. Uh, there may be uh, rebates or there may be add-ons. There may be um, products that you want to bundle uh, in certain countries, but not others. Um, and of course, you know, quality control, uh, you want to have, you know, the appropriate level of quality control depending upon uh, the price of the product. And it may be in U.S. Uh, that you have higher 
uh, or different quality control levels. But all of those um, uh, differentiate the the goods, uh, and gray market goods don't meet the same level uh, of, of product specifications that the U.S. market has. Uh, you you can definitely uh, bring a trademark infringement action. And then the last point that I did want to make is another way to prevent or at least try to limit gray market goods is to have contracts, uh, distribution agreements uh, with your distributors and retailer agreements with your retailers that prevent or prohibit uh, the sale of gray market goods or the shipping uh, from one country to another uh, of uh, of your otherwise legitimately branded products. That's a great one to end it on because so many of our clients work with uh, wholesale distributors, foreign distributors, Canadian, European, uh, wherever. Uh, that's something that we're going to mention to them uh, to add to their uh, agreements. So thank you again. Great information. I hope our, our hope our listeners got something out of it. And I will talk to you in another episode of Legal Briefs. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for a Legal Briefs podcast, email them to legalbriefs at maptrap.com. For more information about how MapTrap can help you with your online brand protection needs, visit www.maptrap.com.